You're listening to DraftKings Network. What happens is these name owners get deals, you know, and to bring the name to the ownership, you get a deal. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. We're produced by Jack Connell, our musical producer, my son out in L.A. working on music production, Sam Brandt. Follow him at Boy Blue Tunes. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings. I've got a Brandt's rants for you today. We're going to obviously talk about NFL and the league meetings and all the things coming out of there, which I'll go into the good, the bad, the ugly, and why... uh, the business of football is well on display at those meetings. I'll explain that. I'm going to jump into golf. I'm going to jump into the NBA, some basketball stuff, and I'm going to jump into uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Um, I'm going to start with golf. I, it's the best story in sports for quite a while. I don't know if there's been a better story And we're all victims of this. And I include myself big time. And if you're not, I'm sorry. You're just too cold. We're victims of these sports stories that just tug on the heartstrings. And there was none bigger this week, this month, this year than Michael Block. Michael Block. He's the story of the PGA Tour Championship. And he finished 15th. 15th. And I'll explain more in a minute. First of all, this is a a story in itself where you would think the lead coming out of one of the major golf championships of the year, there's only four of them, is that a live golfer, live tour golfer, Brooks Kepka, who's had a great year in, in his own right, wins the PGA Tour and he's not on the PGA Tour. I'm sorry, wins the PGA Tour championship and he's not on the PGA Tour. He's on the live tour. We've made so much of this live versus PGA and people sort of look at these camps. I know we did this in the masters. What are the live guys doing? What are the PGA guys doing? And there is this battle going on in court. And I talk about it on the business of sports, but then you get on the golf course and Brooks Kepka, a live golfer stares down McElroy and Hovland and all of the Scheffler and all of these top PGA tour golfers and wins the event. And it was a stunning win for him. It was a breakthrough win. It's a PGA. He's won three of those. He has five majors, but it's the subheading of the week of the story. The heading is Michael Block gets 15th. All right. For those of you who haven't followed this much, Michael Block's a club pro in Mission Viejo, California. He's the guy where you go to your local club. It's a public course. And he's the guy behind the counter, the head guy, like, hey, how's it going? The Everyman Club Pro. And the PGA Tour Championship has, I don't know the mechanics behind this, but they allow for PGA Tour members to, they showcase the PGA Club Pros around the country. 
And there were 20 of them, count them, 20 in this event, which I would have never known absent this story. There were 20 club pros from around the country in this PGA Tour Championship event. One of those was Michael Block, and he was the only one of the 20 that made the cut on Friday afternoon. So 19 of the 20 didn't play into the weekend. Michael Block did. Michael Block is up there around the leaders. Michael Block draws Rory friggin' McElroy as his partner on the last day of a major. And he plays with him head to head and he hits a hole in one and he hits that putt at the end and he becomes emotional and he's qualified for next year's tour and he's on demand for all these other plays. And, and there's video of his club going crazy, taken by his son and his interviews are wonderful. They're humble. They're respectful. They, you cannot help fall in love with this guy. This is why we love sports. Sports tugs at our emotions. It tugs at our heartstrings. We kill for stories like this. Whether it's a Cinderella like Florida Atlantic this year, whether it's just you don't see these much anymore because sports has become so elite at the top level and so hard to get to. And I'm like, oh, wow, we got a story. This is the story. Michael Block is the story. He's why we love sports. It's it's a rags to riches story. It's a story that is scripted. This had to be Hollywood. This will be Hollywood. It has to be. Whether it's documentary, whether it's a feature film, this guy, and he plays it so well, not that he plays it on purpose. He is it. He is him, as the cool kids say. He's got just a great way about him. He's got a humility and he's got a respect. And you sense this moment is not going to change Michael Block. So listen, I'm a forever fan. I, I never watch golf. Maybe I'll watch four hours a year for the last hour of each of the majors. But this guy got me. It's the story of the week, maybe the story of the year. We all fell for it. Me included, hook, line, and sinker. I love it. Michael Block. And when he's interviewed on CBS and when he gives his, it got me. It's all the feels for this guy. So hats off to Michael Block, Club Pro from Mission Viejo, California. It's going to be a while before he's back there teaching lessons and whatever he charged a week ago, you're not getting him for that. You're not getting a lesson with Michael Block for a hundred bucks or whatever it is. That's changing. So kudos to Michael Block. Okay. Let's move to the NFL May meeting happening in Minneapolis. I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. I think it's wrapping up as I speak. Here are some of the highlights and let's start with what just happened. Just happened today is that, a rule that was opposed by special teams coaches and players around the NFL has passed, which is a player can fair catch a ball on a kickoff below the 25-yard line and get it placed at the 25-yard line. As we know, if it goes into the end zone, it's placed at the 25. That was moved from the 20 to the 25 to encourage teams taking touchbacks and why? Well, this has been researched over and over again and determined, according to the NFL, the most dangerous play in football, the kickoff, the most concussed play in football. So over the years, we've tried to limit the amount of kickoffs, thereby limiting the amount 
of these violent hits, thereby limiting the amount of safety issues, thereby limiting the amount of concussions in the NFL based on this play, this highly concussive play of the kickoff. Now we've taken it a step further, the league has, and saying, hey, if you get a kick, even at the 20, if people are around you, raise your hand, you can get to the 25. And what it's going to do and designed to do is take away these pop-up kicks that land at the 10, the 15, the 20 even, where you can have these hard hits of people running full speed and this high pop-up kick and they get slammed. That's the goal. It passed. It passed. Now, what were special teams and players and coaches so upset about this rule? Well, I think, I'm just thinking, (coughs) this is going to lead to squib kicks, right? You can't fair catch a squib kick. So the goal now is to have the ball flutter and float and, and bounce around where a guy picks it up at the 10 or the 12 and then gets slammed. So it may have the reverse effect of encouraging more violent hits rather than less. And that's what we're going to have to see out of this. Is that going to be a thing? But it just passed. And again, the safety issue was prioritized by the NFL. But was it? Was it? We will see. And then we turn to the big issue I want to talk about with safety. Amazon wins, right? Amazon got the NFL, as we know, a couple of years ago. They are now the exclusive home for Thursday Night Football. It's not broadcast. It's it's streaming. And you have to have Amazon if you want to watch Thursday Night Football. So Amazon has the goods, right? Amazon has Thursday Night Football. And evidently, Amazon has expressed some grievances to the NFL about the late season schedule, I guess last year, where games that looked tantalizing some in spring had some duds late in the season. So Amazon is making noise, we expect, about getting better matchups late in the season. But you don't know when you make the schedule in May. You don't know how teams are going to look in November and December. Well, the NFL is doing something about it. They are allowing flex twice a year of Sunday night games to Thursday night. And the caveat is when it was originally talked about, it was 15-day notice, now it's 28-day notice. And that's a good thing for fans to have a little more notice. But is it a good thing for fans and players? No, no, of course not. Fans make plans, and they make plans to go months in advance. Now, can they change 20 days in advance? Sure, they can, but this is not a good thing for fans. It's a good thing for Amazon. They're going to get better viewers. Maybe a good thing for viewers. They'll get better matchups out of this. But let's be clear. Safety's not an issue because you're moving game, you're moving teams from Sunday to Thursday just because they're better. They're better teams, so they're the better players they are, they get to go on a three-day rest instead of seven. It's not good for fans. Now I know you're going to say, well, people can make their plans and it's better for viewers, but This is all about Amazon. This is not about fans or players, certainly not about safety. This is about Amazon. Amazon's the winner here. Jeff Bezos, whoever expressed to the NFL, we want a little better matchups. Can we do that late in the year? And now they say, yes, you can, sure. And remember back in March at the the March meetings, March meetings have contingents of five to 15 people per team. 
there's coaches, there's executives, and of course, ownership. The May meeting is just owners. So what often happens with the NFL is they float out a trial balloon at the March meeting and it gets negative reaction. In this case, it got negative reaction worldwide, including one of the owners, John Mara, who said this is an affront, this is a blow to the fans. Well, guess what? John Mara still feels that way, but he needed more than eight, more than seven others to of the NFL ownership to agree with him. And it's only eight. So what they needed was three quarters of vote, 24 votes. They got it. It passed. So away from the coaches, away from the bright lights of the March meeting in a much less covered May meeting, they passed. This was, happens all the time with the NFL. They float out these trial balloons in March. It's not looking good. They table it. And in the quiet of an owner's meeting in May, this time in Minneapolis conference room. Yeah, we're in. Bezos got it. And people have asked me, you know, about Bezos owning the commanders or owning an NFL team. Why does he need that? He owns all the teams. Jeff Bezos owns all 32 teams for one night a week. Why would he want a team? This is such a better deal. He pays a billion a year. He gets 18 matchups. And now he gets better matchups in November, December than he had yesterday. And he gets them all. You know, so yeah, he doesn't need a team. He's got a night and he's got all the teams for a night every week. So I'm just looking at this and I'm like, okay, the business of football wins. Amazon wins over players. Amazon wins over fans. Amazon wins over plans. Keep them happy. Follow the money. The business always wins. Speaking of business, The other thing coming out of these May meetings in the NFL is something near and dear to my heart. Green Bay, Wisconsin is going to host the NFL draft, not next year, but in 2025. You know, this started years ago. It used to be the NFL draft in New York every year, New York, New York, Radio City Music Hall, wherever it was. And they decided, hey, let's branch this out. Let's put it out around the country. And what a smash it has been. For places like Chicago and Philadelphia, where I was at, with this massive, massive audience, Nashville this year, <clears throat> Kansas City, it's happening. It's a big deal around the country to have this. So what do they have? They have uh, an ability, the NFL does, to parcel out these chits, these little uh, golden tickets, to ownership and teams that aren't as big as Super Bowl or even as big as something, I don't know what other, Pro Bowl even, but it's draft. And now Green Bay gets one. Green Bay is never going to get a Super Bowl. They're never going to get a Pro Bowl. I doubt they even get a league meeting because these owners like, I don't want to go to Green Bay. What kind of hotel do they have? What kind of food? You know, but now they're getting a draft. Now, again, owners don't go to the draft executives don't go to the draft teams send a lower level employee to sort of work the phone at the draft, but the draft is for the fans. The draft is for the league and it's going to be a major deal. I'm sure it's going to be Lambeau field. It's going to be title town. It's going to be a fun event and good for green Bay. They'll be able to showcase this. And again, I've talked about this many times. You get the feeling sometimes from NFL owners like good old green Bay, where they're really thinking this hayseed little place up in Wisconsin. 
Now it'll be showcased and it'll look great and they'll do a great job. I have no doubt. I have no doubt there will be um, emphasis on the shrine that it is and how important it is for football. It'll be very football focused rather than entertainment marketing focused. So good on Green Bay for getting that. So that's what comes out of the NFL meetings, the kickoffs, the Amazon, and of course, Title Town, Green Bay, Wisconsin, 100,000 people. It's probably a little bigger since I was there hosting the draft. Hopefully, <laughs> April, you never know with weather. Uh, it's not going to be hot, but we'll see what it looks like in April 2025. One other football note, Tom Brady, you may have heard from him. Actually, I was on a plane recently. I watched 80 for Brady with uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Yeah, it's cute. Sally Field, it's cute. I mean. I had to work to stay invested in it, but I was on a plane. What else could I do? Uh, Tom Brady's getting a piece of the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland Raiders. Tom Brady is reuniting in some way with his old offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. He's becoming a part owner as well. The Las Vegas Aces and Brady has other investments out there. One that we noted went south with FTX, where he's the subject of a lawsuit, but be that it is may, as it may, Brady now is a part owner, minority owner of the LA, uh, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Is it going to affect him doing Fox, which he's scheduled to do not this year, but next year? Probably not. That's going to be allowed. A couple thoughts here. First of all, you know, this is a $5 billion valuation for the Raiders right now. You know, even 1% is $50 million. I don't think Brady's paying $50 million if he's getting 1%. What happens is these name owners get deals, you know, and to bring the name to the ownership, you get a deal. Now, I don't know the mechanics of how much of a discount he'll get off the retail price, but he's not paying retail. Tom Brady is not paying retail. So if he's, you know, and again, this is a lot of money. I know Tom Brady's Tom Brady's got hundreds of millions, but is he investing? <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Is Tom Brady investing 50 million, 100 million? And what's he getting for that? That'd be interesting to know. Listen, there are these celebrity investments out there. Serena's part owner of the Dolphins. Uh, Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, not Russell Wilson. Lewis Hamilton is part owner of the Broncos. Um, all these players, Pat Mahomes, investors in soccer, Kevin Durant in soccer, uh, and I'll note on soccer in a minute too. I just think, you know, we don't know what it is, but they're being they're being discounted for their celebrity. So Magic Johnson with the Dodgers, now Magic Johnson with the Commanders, and I hear though with Magic and the Commanders, it's real money. It's not just a name only. So Magic is putting up some real money. Tom Brady, I'm guessing not. I'm guessing nominal amount, if any, to join Mark Davis and the Raiders. The bump they're getting from having Brady on the ownership team, you, can, you know, put a price on that. So Brady's got smart lawyers. He's probably figuring this thing out. I'm giving X for Y. And Y is a lot bigger value than whatever the amount is uh, retail. So again, my point there, he's not buying retail. Also, I just mentioned soccer. There's an interesting note out there that there's an expansion team going to San Diego by an Egyptian billionaire is going to be buying it. 
The valuation is $500 million. Fascinating. $500 million. Now, this is a league that hasn't had those kind of valuations ever. And I think the most recent sale was in the 200 range. So that is huge news for the MLS to get a valuation of $500 million. They won't start playing for a while, but San Diego, I just have to note that. That struck me. $500 million for an expansion franchise in the MLS. I mean, we talked about um, Arizona Coyotes and their inability to get a passage of a proposition in Tuesday, last Tuesday night's ballot that would give them a new arena, their valuation is $450 million. That's an NHL team. So you're telling me an MLS team is going to have a $50 million higher valuation than an NHL team. Now, albeit the Arizona Coyotes are the lowest valued NHL team, and it doesn't help. They're now reduced to playing back in Tempe, Arizona in an arena holding 5,100 people. Oh, that's not good. So we'll see where this goes, but I'm just stunned. I had to mention that because I brought up soccer. 500 million valuation. Wow. Okay. Speaking of these uh, windfalls, (laughs) we talked a couple weeks ago about Connor Bedard, the the wonder kid in hockey going to the Chicago Blackhawks through the draft lottery. They got a bump of 1200 season ticket packages right away. And this last week was the NBA's turn and Victor Webinyama. And it's the San Antonio Spurs that are getting the bump there. Uh, Of course, it's going to be at least 2,500 season ticket packages. They're going to get a bump with TV. They're going to get a bump in value. They were the second lowest attendance in the league. That's going to change. Everything's going to change around that. You can just see how important something like that is. And at the draft lottery, it was interesting to know, while everyone had former players or, or GMs, San Antonio sent their owner, and their owner was visibly, visibly excited when it turned out they get the first pick because look what that means. They get to continue that tradition of David Robinson and Tim Duncan. And it's like, wow, wow, they got it. They got Webinyama through a lottery. <laughs> you know, That's how these fortunes of teams happen sometimes through circumstance with no planning, with just a stroke of luck. What a stroke of fortune for the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. Um, Last thing I want to talk about is NBA as well. It just stuns me when I see something like this. So let's put this in perspective. The NBA has three all-NBA teams, first team, second team, third team. And here's the rule in simplest terms. If a player makes one of these three teams, he's eligible for a much higher potential extension than if he does not make these three teams. Let me say that again. Based on selection to all NBA first, second, or third team, a player can make tens of millions, even a hundred million more. I'll say that again over a hundred million more. And the best example of this is Jalen Brown of the Celtics. Now they're on the verge of elimination from the playoffs right now with the Miami Heat, which is a story in itself. Uh, an amazing story of that team and their toughness and scouting and culture. 
<clears throat> but Jalen Brown, without being selected to an All NBA team, I believe his his total mass, max extension was one hundred eighty five thousand million. One hundred eighty five million. Now it's two hundred ninety five million. Okay, one hundred eighty five million. If he was not selected for second or third team All NBA. 295 million being selected first team all second team by the way all nba what <laughs> that's how they determine tens of millions if i'm an nba owner or even a player i'm like well that's pretty arbitrary and i'm asking myself who's picking this well who's picking it is a quote unquote select group of media so these media have in the palm of their hands Decisions affecting stakes involving tens or even a hundred million dollars. Jalen Brown can now make 105 million more than if he was not selected to one of these teams. I'm like, well, shouldn't there be a better indicator than select media members picking? Imagine if you're the fifth, you're you're sort of on the teetering between 15th and 20th best player in the NBA. Your entire fortunes are determined by a select group of media writers and broadcasters. What? That just stuns me. I mean, sometimes I scratch my scratch my head and I'm like, "Wait, this is how they do it?" And I guess people in basketball are like, "Yeah, of course, that's you know what we've always done." But it just stuns me that that's going to be the arbiter of a player like Jalen Brown making under 200 million or almost 300 million dollars. Again, if the Celtics do it, if he goes we'll see what happens with Jalen Brown. That team is obviously subject to change, but that's my last rant. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. That's interesting. All right. That'll do it. I hope you guys are enjoying this week leading up to Memorial Day. Always get the newsletter for all my thoughts, andrew-brandt.com, andrew-brandt.com slash SPL. Gets you in the Sports Business League. I do videos every day. We meet every Wednesday night, chat about the world. I learn from them as much as they learn from me. Instagram Reels every day, Andrew Brandt 2, Twitter Andrew Brandt, column at Sports Illustrated, and of course, this unique podcast. I hope there's something in it that you find interesting each and every week, something that you learn. I hope you share it with your friends. I try to be truly unique with this brand of insight and perspective. And I hope you enjoy it. Feel free to leave us a review and, of course, your comments. Always support, appreciate hearing those. Thanks to Jock Connell. Thanks to music producer Sam Brand at Boy Blue Tunes. Thanks to you all for listening. I'll see you next week on another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brown.